you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Season with Peter Schrager. We're entering week eight of this NFL campaign, and we're coming off a week where the Patriots beat the Bills, the Vikings beat the 49ers, and the New York Giants got back on track beating the Washington Commanders. There was so much intrigue going into this week about the Detroit Lions, and then the Baltimore Ravens absolutely walloped them in Baltimore and did so physically. Like I watching Ronnie Stanley block poor Kirby Joseph. I think he's he's in the stand somewhere. He threw him around so hard. And uh it, it's just week to week, you know, it's hard to do like power rankings and this is the MVP because things change week to week and that's the beauty of the sport. Uh I'm joined here by Aaron Wong Kaufman, our producer. Aaron, I'm still thinking about the Sunday night game though and what the Eagles did to the Dolphins. Did did you watch that game? Oh yeah. Yep. I, I was texting with one of my friends who's a writer who uh, is a huge Eagles fan. And uh, the difference in our emotion, like me having watched the Bills game earlier in the day and him currently watching the Eagles game. I mean, it was, it was, they were very good. It was, it was like strength or speed. And it was, oh. Your friend's a writer? What's he write? Uh, he writes for NFL writing. He works at SB Nation. What's his name? Uh, ben Nathan. What's up, Ben? You gotta read his stuff. Here all along, I thought you were my buddy, and that you and I are the ones texting. And now you've got this other side chick, Ben Nathan at SB Nation, that you're tw- you're texting. <laughs> it's like finding out uh, your wife is, has a whole other thing going on with some other guy in the same exact line of work. All right, okay. Peter, I gotta fine. workshop my takes before I bring them to you. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be it. ready. I gotta, I gotta. If I start seeing my takes on Ben Nathan's byline, I'll know. <laughs> uh, the Eagles win was huge and they'll continue to roll and we'll see them in the playoffs on this thing. I wanted to use the Eagles as a peg because I I made the comment on Good Morning Football Monday morning. Like My big takeaway from that game is that A.J. Brown is an absolute force and this dude is is a beast. And in a world where my kid wants to be Tyreek Hill for Halloween and his friend wants to be Justin Jefferson because he does the gritty and Tyreek does celebrate. Like AJ Brown's as good as both those guys this year, if not the best wide receiver in all of football. And 
the stat that came out since he had like a little sideline blow up uh, on what was that a Thursday night game against the Vikings? He and Jalen Hurts were you know going back and forth. He's had 125 yards or more in every single game. That's five straight games, and the stat that ESPN was showing. It was first NBC, but then ESPN all day yesterday on Instagram, and it was made the rounds. Is that he and Calvin Johnson are the only receivers this century to go for 125 yards or more five straight games? Now I am going to take 99% of the credit here, but one percent of this did come from a Twitter follower who sent this to me and was like, "We need a nickname for AJ Brown, whatever he's got." And said, use the word John in the nickname. I thought of it, and I went with it on the air. Mega John. Ooh. Mega John. I like that a lot. That's very good. So the stat that came up was the only two players to go for 125 or more in five straight games was Mega John and Megatron. Okay? Which then led my beautiful mind, crazy brain, sick, neurotic, where the hell does my brain go? To are, they, are they the only guys to do it? So I asked my producer on Good Morning Football, nice dude named Rich Goldberg. He works out of Mount Laurel, New Jersey. I think he he's in like, uh, like he, he lives at the facility because anytime at any hour I'm texting him, he's like deep in the NFL Films archives, like going through tape. And I said, is there anyone else who did this? Because it keeps on saying since 2000, since 2000. So who did it in 99 and 98? And the answer was Pat Studstill did it in 1966. I said, who the is Pat Studstill? So I'm like, we got to do a deep dive. Who is Pat Studstill? I don't know. I know Lance Allworth. I know Jerry Rice. I know Steve Largent. I know Randy Moss. Uh, I even, I, I could tell you a lot about Ernest Givens and Curtis Duncan and Webster Slaughter. I mean, do you so many name, name, I, Rob Moore on the Cardinals had some good year. Ricky Prohl on the Cardinals was very good. We can go through all of the most random wide receiver, big breakout seasons from Torrey Holt to Az Hakim to Isaac Bruce to Rod Smith. We go them. My brain works that way. Stud still. I did not know that name. I'd never heard of that name. So I'm like, who is Pat Stud still? So we start doing some research. Let me tell you about Pat Studstill. This is how most podcasts start in week eight of 2023. They say, let's go into a Pat Studstill deep dive. Studstill was an undrafted player out of Houston, goes to the Detroit Lions, where he is primarily a kick and punt returner for the first several years of his career. 1966. He goes and has one of the great wide receiver seasons of all time. And this is back when they used to have the, you know, the goalposts at the front of the end zone. And they would play like 12 games. 66, Studs still went for 67 catches, 1,266 yards, which is like, you know, it's like in today, it, the milk, the price of milk, you know, back then was three cents. And now it's all the, the equivalent is like if a guy randomly out of nowhere this year came out and had like 200 catches and 4,000 yards. Like that's what the numbers were for pet studs still. So I'm like, what the hell? Like who, what did it for the lions? For like a bad lions team. He had a 99 yard catch in that game. So I'm like, all right, so what was the rest of his career? Hurt his hamstring. Didn't do much the rest of his career at wide receiver. It was kind of irrelevant. But in 66, in addition to being the punt returner and the kick returner, he picked up punting duties for the Detroit Lions and was their full-time punter. 
This wasn't the 30s when guys played both ways or the 40s where it's like we have seven running backs and it's a million dollar backfield. This is like late 60s, like Lombardi was coaching and Hank Stram was coaching. Like this was like relevant. He was the team's number one wide receiver and their full-time punter. Um, so that was 66. They trade him to the Rams. He then goes and has six more years in his NFL career just as a punter. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Why has there not been a documentary on Pat Stunt still? This is incredible. Led the league in punts, led the league in punts yardage. Like the stat, that's crazy. 62, he leads the NFL in punt return yards. 66 leads the NFL in receiving yards. And then in like 67, he leads the NFL in most punts. Was a two-time Pro Bowler. Uh, eventually retires in 71. And then Aaron, because this is just Pat Studd still and who he is, then he goes on to become a very successful actor. And he's in Dukes of Hazard, And he's in 200 different commercials. Not two commercials, 200 different commercials. And in 1974, Burt Reynolds and the guys who put on the original Longest Yard movie tapped Pat Studstill to work on the movie. And he was the guy who did all the technical football stuff. He was their guide. So on all these sports movies, they'll have a technical guy to come on and be like, well, you wouldn't throw the ball that way. And the line of scrimmage would actually be a little bit lined up this way. The guard would be... Stud still worked on the set for all those days on the Longest Yard production. Goes on, has this awesome acting career. I had never heard of Pat Studstill. He eventually passed in 2021. I was reading his obituary today. They also said... He was the last guy to resist wearing the Riddell face mask. So he was wearing one of these old school helmets with an old school face mask when the rest of the NFL was already moving on in the 60s and 70s. I say all this to say the following. I've seen the docs. I've seen the 30 for 30s. I've seen the football lives. We know everything you could possibly know about Deacon Jones, about Tim Brown, about OJ Simpson, about Deion Sanders. I think we need to executive produce a Pat Studstill documentary. Aaron, are you in on going deep on the life of Studstill? Yeah, we talk about Studstill as like the the origin of positionless players yes. we get we get debo in there uh we oh, get yeah. Taysom hill um yeah no i love it and then then after that we force each of them to reenact uh dukes of hazard scenes too to just yes. show how diff- i mean i can't believe to do those different positions and then also break into acting is that's a wild ride yeah well the big story out of Kansas City this past week was a little mentioned in Dave Taub, the special teams coordinator's press conference that, you know, with Tommy Townsend hurt, Pat Mahomes is our backup punter. And it was like, oh my God. Dude, this guy was returning punts, returning kicks, playing wide receiver. And he was also in 66, he was their full-time punter. So he's leading the NFL in receiving yards and was the best punter in the sport, gets hurt. And then it was like, all right, I'm not going to play receiver anymore. I'll just be a punter. Uh, we've probably spent four minutes too long on Pat Stud still, but if if you're a fan of the season with Peter Schrager, you know this is the stuff you're here for. And it's knowledge like that and my quest to learn and my desire to become an expert on things like Pat Stud still um, that makes me a wonderful contestant on Jeopardy. Aaron, can I talk about it one more time? Yeah. If the listeners didn't watch or listen last week, I am 
appearing on Celebrity Jeopardy this week. It's airing on Wednesday, October 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern. It is on ABC. It is in prime time. I am a contestant. It is of the celebrity version. We discussed uh, the celebrity aspect of it last week, how uncomfortable I am with that word. And yet I will wear it. Um, because it got me onto the show. I would have never been able to compete with the actual people who are on Jeopardy. I'm not smart enough for that, but the celebrities, they are dumb. So I can, <laughs> I can compete with celebrities. Um, when you're busy looking in the mirror most of your life and not searching Wikipedia and reading encyclopedias, you can get on Celebrity Jeopardy. Um, so I competed. We recorded it in August. I have not revealed anything. I, w I was wavering. I was like... Do I go big and talk about it or do I just let it kind of appear? We talked about it last week. I've gotten so many responses, people being blown away. I posted a photo on my Twitter feed of me at the Jeopardy podium. What do you call it? A podium? What's yeah, the word? Like the a podium lectern. with the buzzer, yeah. And I showed how I wrote my name and I went caps lock, first name. A couple of people were like, how do you not go Shrags? How do you not go Schrager? That's what people call you. Um, Went with Peter in caps locks. Yep. My, it's, the, it's the name my parents gave me. And I'll say this. We're 24 hours from it airing or about that. We're recording this on Tuesday. It's a showdown, bro. It goes to the wire and it is epic. And it's one of the best episodes that program and it's 100 years I've ever had. Um, very proud of not only myself, but my two contestants, my opponents. They all did very well. It would be Mira Sorvino, who I have not spoken to since, and Adam Rodriguez, who I have not spoken to since. That's blood, bro. That's what it is. Like once you, <laughs> we left it on the field. I honestly, I thought walking out of that that thing, I'm like, all right, these eight, well, the three of us are going to be connected for life. Like we're going to have story. I haven't talked to either one of them since. So maybe after the show airs, we'll we'll rekindle the the magic and the chemistry we had on the show. But it's an hour long. It's Celebrity Jeopardy. If you've watched, there is not only regular Jeopardy and Double Jeopardy, there's Triple Jeopardy. So there's three different portions of it. And then there's Final Jeopardy. Uh, I think I'll save some of the recap stuff till next week. I will just say this. It's the coolest thing I ever got to do professionally. And I've been on the field at Super Bowls and I've interviewed everyone from Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes. And I've gotten to meet crazy cool and interesting people. Being at that, that set, which they also film... Wheel of Fortune next door, which I didn't even know. I was like Merv Griffin birthed them both, I guess. Like they're they're in that same studio, uh, childhood memories and memories of all the you know great hours of my college days spent on the couch watching Jeopardy. But then also like the celebrity Jeopardy spoofs on Saturday Night Live with Will Ferrell and Norm Macdonald and you know all of it. It all comes flashing back. So very uh, cool emotional experience and also just an awesome awesome thing to say I've done. So yeah, tomorrow I mean, night. And especially because last week you were saying how the, as a kid you would be sitting at the dining room table watching Jeopardy with I your wish. family. I mean like I wish. Kitchen table. Kitchen we, table. Uh, kitchen. There was no dining room that we dined at. Sorry, yeah. yeah. New uh, York, we, yeah. It's the yeah. same thing. Kitchen dining kitchen, room table. Yeah. Kitchen table with a little TV, free old New Jersey. Um, and it literally was my dad would walk in the door at like 6:57. We'd sit down, there'd be like a slice of cantaloupe. We'd eat that. You'd probably have some London broil. And <laughs> a then, slice uh, of cantaloupe. <laughs> oh yeah, we'd start with a little cantaloupe, maybe a little grapefruit. Oh, I can get that with that's grapefruit. It. Yeah. We would that's our little starter there. Um 
and then we would watch Jeopardy for a half hour, and then my brother and I would scurry off into like another room and we would play, play it on the computer. Yeah. yeah, play on the computer. That's what we do. Uh, Wednesday night, October twenty fifth, eight p.m. Eastern, Celebrity Jeopardy. And now, with no further ado, our guest for the for the episode. I'm. I don't know where this is going to go. I'm recording the uh, this whole thing live. We're going to get the guest on in a second. So I don't know if he's a big personality, if he's not a big personality, but I need to know more about Tyson Bajant, who I'm just starting to scratch the surface on. And I got his head coach from his college days on the podcast. The great Ernie McCook is joining us right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, so I spent Sunday afternoon watching the Bears and Raiders game, and I'm watching Tyson Bajan, an undrafted rookie free agent out of Shepard in West Virginia, Division II school, become the first quarterback to be an undrafted rookie out of Division II to win a game since 1950. And I'm reading everything I can possibly read about the guy because I'm fascinated about his path and his journey. And time and time again, I'm reading awesome quotes and awesome stories and great encouragement from his college coach, the great Ernie McCook at a shepherd. So when we're doing the podcast this week, I'm like, what's the story of the week? What's the, uh, I'm asking Aaron, who should we talk about? What, it just kept on coming up, Tyson Bajant, Tyson Bajant, Tyson Bajant. So with no further ado, let's get his college coach on the podcast. Ernie McCook, welcome to the season with Peter Schrager. Man, Peter, it's great to be with you today. And uh, we're going to talk about probably two of my favorite things, Shepherd University football and Tyson Bajan. Let's start with Shepherd University football. So yeah. you're the coach for a few years now. Yeah. Um, you had history with this program before bouncing around a little bit and then coming back to the school. Mm-hmm. What is Shepherd University? And I'm not being insulting as an NFL yeah. guy speaking out of it. Where are you guys? Enrollment, all the stuff. And then sure. uh, what has this done for the program? Yeah, uh, our address is West Virginia. The campus sits right on the banks of the Potomac River. Uh, we're literally from one end of a football field to the other end of the football field from the state of Maryland. We're an hour and 15 minutes out of Washington, D.C., an hour and 15 minutes out of Baltimore. So we, we are able to recruit, as you're probably familiar with, the DMV. Oh, yeah. Uh, we recruit from Richmond to Baltimore off that 95 corridor. And we want to recruit in-state to be, and especially locally in-state, and we've had a we've had a lot of uh, opportunities to attract some really good football players, um, along with Tyson Bajan. You know, uh, we've had some really guys that have gone on and done some really good things, um, playing at the next level. Uh, but nobody has had quite the first game like Tyson had on Saturday versus the Raiders. And no one is invited to the to the Senior Bowl. And you had multiple guys invited to the Senior Bowl last year. And I know you were there and you brought a whole cast of guys down there to Mobile. Uh, we'll go backwards and start from the start with Bajan. But I think just 
just that experience when you go to the senior bowl out of division two school and Jim Nagy, who runs that thing, gives you guys the call. I loved it. Cause I heard it. I was listening to an interview. I was doing my research for the podcast. You had about four different coaches with you. You guys were, were finding your way to the field. You're going to support your guy. Yeah. Um, did you have any doubt that he would be able to light it up and do just fine against that division one talent? Well, I, I got to tell you a story about when Jim Nagy called me. Right. So I'm, I'm, um, Sitting right here in my office, it's probably eight or nine o'clock at night, and you know what? I take it back. It, it, it was the call for Joey Fisher, the second guy to get get called up. Okay. So I see this uh, Arizona phone number, and I'm thinking, man, it's probably a scout wanting to come to practice. So I give him a call back. He goes, "Hey," uh, he said, uh, "This Jim Nagy is senior bowl coach. I just wanted to tell you, we're going to invite Joey Fisher to join Tyson Bajan at the senior bowl." And he goes, just so you know, this will be the first time in the history we think of the Senior Bowl that we'll have had two Division II players from the same team being <laughs> playing the same game. And uh, so then he kind of he said, I, 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 I kind of took it all in, and I said, you know, Jim, you're going to make me have to come to this game. Yeah, I and, be there. and then he was like, you're not going to come just for Tyson? And then I thought about what, how bad that sounded on my part. <laughs> You know, two. And yeah, I mean, it takes two. You got to take two of my guys to, for me to come to the game. And that, that's not true. Uh, but so I was really excited at that point. And, and I thought, Jim Nagy, you know, if you think about Tyson's kind of climb, uh, he took the first real shot on Tyson Bajan, uh, giving him an opportunity to play in the Senior Bowl. You know, there's a lot of great quarterbacks out there. He, he went out on a limb and took a Division II guy. And I think Tyson played extremely well in that game. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. We're sitting in a staff meeting. We're a low budget football team, Peter. All right, so we're we're in the staff meeting, and uh, we 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 have some recruiting things going on. And I tell her, I tell our coaches like, hey, I'm going to go to the Senior Bowl, but I'm going to drive. So we drove yes. from West Virginia to Mobile, <laughs> yes. right? and then and every and I said, I'll, I'll we'll pay the football, will pay for the hotel room and the rental car. You guys are on your own for your meals and drinks. Yeah. And uh, and I, I we had five people volunteer. So we loaded up in an SUV. We made the trip down to Mobile. And, um, of course, being able to watch Tyson practice on the field there at South Alabama with all the other guys, that was awesome. Uh, and it was the Senior Bowl, I think, is one of the greatest events you could be a part of. And, and that may have been as proud a moment I had having a chance to see my, our guy, our guy, and the Senior Bowl represent Shepherd University with the Ram horns on and, and playing what I think is the most prestigious college all-star game there is. Oh, it absolutely is. Let's go way back, though, because it's not a necessarily it's, – it's a great Division II program, but it's not an NFL hotbed. So you're the coach there. When you start recruiting Tyson out of what's the town he's from? It's in West Virginia as well. Martinsburg High School and what here in West Virginia, about seven miles away. So it's close. It's in your backyard. He's probably this high school star. Like, how's that recruitment process going? Did you know when he was a junior and senior that this kid could have a future? Absolutely. Um, even better than that, I, I've known, I've watched Tyson grow up. Our families go to church together. And and I will tell you, from the time he played for the Charlestown Razorbacks, okay. Uh, I'd be sitting in the pew, him and his dad would walk by while we're going up for communion and he would nudge me. He's going to be the man at Shepherd one day. You know, if you get a chance to talk to Travis, he, he'll, he'll tell you. He, and one time he told, he used to tell me, you're going to build a bronze statue of Tyson one day. And, 
And of course, you're you're in church. You're like, hey, that's awesome. It'd be great. You know, you know. He's ten years old, eleven years old at the time. Yeah, he was probably eleven years old and just slinging it around Charlestown and everything like that. But you know, having known their family and watched Tyson grow up, uh, I he is a special, special person, man. He is something. I just can't say enough great things about him as a human being. I mean, just as a man. We were going through the recruiting process. And, uh, you know, I knew that he was a division. I 100% felt he was a division one guy, FBS sure. guy. And um, we're kind of um, going through it. And I'm thinking he's going to get something. But if he doesn't get something, you know, he'll have a spot with us if this is what he wants. And um, the only offers he really got were FCS offers. <laughs> you got an FCF uh, Albany and I want to say Robert Morris and some other D2s and stuff like that. Well, in 2015, we played for a national championship. And so he, I think he just looked at it and said, hey, I get a chance to stay at home, play highly competitive football at the Division II level. I get a chance to play in front of my family and friends. Like his grandfather, God rest his soul, passed away last year, was really close to him. He would sit in the stands and watch practice. His That's dad amazing. would come and watch practices. I mean, and it's just a family affair here for the Bajans at Shepherd University playing football here. And Tyson, I can tell you, he he sent me a text. I I texted him after the the game this weekend, and he's and I said, "Hey, man, we're proud of you. We watched the game as a team." And he goes, uh, he said, "Hey, thanks for the support, coach. Really appreciate it. I love Shepherd football. Yes. You know, and it was just like here's a guy playing at a high level." achieving some of the goals, uh, you know, dreams, dreams that we all have. And he still has love for this program that he was a part of and and an instrumental part of where we are today. So that, I mean, that was, that was kind of a cool deal. When you get, when you get this guy in there, he comes like, give me some of the exploits because now you get to the Paul Bunyan tall tale. Like, was it just, all right, here we go. This is Steve McNair at Alcorn or one of these types of guys at a, at a different level of school, just tearing up the league. Well, you you know what? His first game, it was against Notre Dame college. Okay. It was a true freshman and Jaleel McLaughlin, the running back at what the Broncos right now. Broncos. Yeah. Youngstown state. Sure. Well, before that he was at Notre Dame college. Okay. Him and Tyson, both their college starts were in the same game. I think Jaleel rushed for almost 300 yards. <laughs> Tyson threw for 500 yards. Two guys that right now are, are up-and-coming guys or show some things in the NFL. When recruiting Tyson, uh, I can tell you his dad, his dad's hardcore now. His dad is uh, arm wrestling champion. Yeah, arm yeah. wrestling champion, the whole deal. You know, we're going through the process of the recruiting before he commits to us, I told you I'd go to church with him. Here's a fun story for you. So Christmas Eve, my family and I, we, we're getting there late, okay? So there's only a couple seats in the back of the church, right? And my family and I slide into the pew. And, of course, I'm I'm a football coach, and I want to recruit Tyson Bajan even on Christmas Eve at church, all right? <laughs> I mean, because he's, he was an all-state player. He's the best player in the state of West Virginia. And uh, so I'm looking around, I'm, I'm looking for where he's at, where he normally sits, the whole deal. And then I look up, you know, we're up for a hymnal, and I see where him and his dad are sitting. And then I see right behind him, the, the pew is empty. There's nobody sitting in the pew right behind him. So without even, I, I didn't try and even tell my wife anything. I just walked out of our pew. Let's go. Walked, yeah, I walked around, went right down the middle of the church. 
Everyone's looking. And my, my, our pastor, our priest was like, I was wondering what you did until you sat down. You know, he goes, what the heck? He was probably like, what is Ernie doing walking up here to the altar? But no, I was walking in. I slid right in behind Tyson and his dad, Travis, put my arm around them both. And I said, hey, God meant for us to be together. <laughs> you know? And uh, so then he and so his dad, without missing a beat, said, hey, man, it's about time you got here. We've been saving that seat for you for 20 minutes. <laughs> Let's go. It's so good. That was a lot of fun with that. Um, I tell that story quite a bit. So, you know, and back to the serious part. So Tyson commits to us. He signs with us. His senior year in high school, we're in our spring practices, right? We have 15 spring practices. Tyson is standing behind the offensive huddle for every practice he would. He was at as a high school senior. As a high school senior, knowing <laughs> I'm coming to Shepherd University, I know I'm going to play and I'm going to compete to be the quarterback. And he was taking it all in. He was he was doing everything he could do to learn, and so he's ready when he would get to camp in August. And it's amazing. Um, guy, the guy is absolutely phenomenal with his work ethic and his competitiveness. Uh, he's somebody that you know. One, I can tell you, Chicago Bears. The fan base, they will be proud that that dude is a bear. He's going to give everything he can to help that team win. And I, I think I told somebody else in an interview, if he's on their practice squad, all right, he's going to give the best look for <laughs> the uh, just. He's going to be the best Justin Herbert. Yeah. For this weekend, that the Bears defense will see until they see Justin Herbert. <laughs> um, you know, but the fact that I think he worked his way into being the backup. And he prepares like nobody else does. After OTAs this year, in the summertime, we get back. His first day back, we were having our, our program, our team golf outing. So he played in it. He came and played in it with uh, a couple of his teammates. And um, my son, was who's coaching with us now, he and Tyson were roommates. They're, okay. really, they're really close friends. So he said, hey, Michael, I need you to guarantee you'll be with me at every workout. So Michael would go to the workouts with him, but uh, Peter, they would practice. Michael would read the script to him through the, a cell phone into his ear, the long play call. He would then be out in the middle of our football field in, in the stadium, just the two of them by themselves. He would walk into an imaginary huddle, do the play call, walk up to the line of scrimmage, put people in motion, practice the checks, everything like that. He did it in June and July. I did it for six weeks. So we got 100-degree weather in the middle of West Virginia in July. And your son, his former wide receiver and his right. roommate. It was a fullback. A fullback, whatever yeah. it is. Sorry, I'm making up history because I'm trying to do the movie script in my head. It's, it's okay. um, he plays He plays a wide out in the movie. Okay. Uh, he, he calls on a cell phone. From where is your son? Is he there with him? At the, or is he like in the stands? Where is no, he? he's standing on the sideline. So just like like so he would have a, a script written out here like this and he would go um, as if he has the helmet. Oh my yeah, yeah like deuce right. Yeah, I, I and he's I, reading I, Luke Getz's playbook. He's got the Bears playbook. He's got the play, Bears play call. So what he's doing is he is simulating the mental preparation of the length of a play call because the, the play calls are unbelievably long. I'm sure. Yeah. And then like, you know, and I'm, you know, talking to Tyson and all, I'm learning a bunch myself, like the different checks, how they're checking things, the things they look for. And, um, but when a guy is doing that, think about this one for a second. 
You're an undrafted free agent. You don't even know if you're going to make the team. You know? Very unlikely you would, yeah. Right. Especially at the quarterback position. He goes and he he's doing this all summer long. So if my son went to the beach on family vacation, they did it by telephone. Right? Stop. And so your son is at the beach being like, you know, uh, Sluggo, Snake, right? Yeah. Or whatever, name it a call. And Tyson's on an empty field in the middle of West Virginia just yes. going through the – Yeah, <laughs> and then when Tyson went to the beach, he would go probably go out on the beach and practice it through with – he did this religiously, you know? So the guy is a film room junkie. Um, I, I took, you know, I, I read the social media, but one of the, one of the Chicago stations asked me who I thought he was like, who do you think, you know, and everybody wants you to say Tom Brady. They want you to say Brock Purdy. They want you, they want that. Kurt Warner. Yeah. Right. They want that to me from what I've learned in studying football, Tyson Bajan is Drew Brees. Go on. Because the reputation Drew Brees has for the tireless film study the unbelievable work ethic that you have to prepare for any situation that you get. That's who Tyson Bajan is. He will prepare and work. He's going to physically train his body. When he talked about shredding his life away and CrossFit. CrossFit, yeah. That's 100% accurate. Like if you're ever in this area, you need to come visit Shepherd University because behind our locker room, his high school history teacher has got, it lives back there, right? And they have a man cave CrossFit training that they do. I mean, it's like all natural, like you're taking a log and you're bench pressing a log 50 times. Then you're running to the river with a weighted backpack and back. And this, they do, that's the kind of stuff he does. They, 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 they hollowed out. We're right on the banks of the Potomac River. Tyson and his roommates hollowed out a stream for to make it a cold bath a homemade cold tub a homemade cold tub on the potomac river and they go <laughs> they would go down there in february yes. i mean not we're not talking july where they're pulling off they're going down there and really going through it i mean just the things like the natural things that happen well even you mentioning that you know i'm thinking about alabama and lsu's facilities and the amount of millions of the fact that it's his high school, not his college, his high school teacher lives behind the facility and he's, I mean, it's, it, yeah. you can't make this stuff up. You can't. And his high school teacher played basketball here, right? Okay. Saw the earth guy, just a tremendous person, human being. And of course, he's a good hook for us to have because when, you know, we, we recruit somebody from the high school, we're getting the inside scoop on them. Sure. You know, like what kind of, what their heart's like, what their, who they are inside. And, uh, you know, of course, he, the guys that we've gotten from, Tyson's high school and because of Tyson have been tremendous players for us. But like, and here's another thing, how competitive Tyson is. All right. So his junior year, the year he won the Harlan Hill, yeah. all right. After every practice in summer camp, all right, mostly it was summer camp, you know, we'd be walking off the field and Tyson, our, our one of our athletic trainers is a gymnast, Right. And they would have a competition who on who could walk on their hands the farthest. <laughs> and they were doing 50 to 75 yards walking on their hands. <laughs> I mean, literally, walk, I, I wish I had video of it. You know, and I'm just sitting there thinking, and I can't tell the dude to stop because he's yeah. too competitive. He's, he's he not, wants to win. He's not going to, you know, no, I'm, I'm not going to let her beat me. 
And, you know, but I, she's now an athlete trainer in another school when we talked about it before the game. So, but that's who the kid is. I mean, he is, he is a special guy. He's as grounded as grounded could be. He has an impeccable work ethic. He, you know, not only was he the best player on our football team for five years, he was the best teammate, mm. the best teammate you could have. Never wanted anything extra. You know, he threw, he threw a milestone touchdown, right? And um, we're at Millersville University. And he goes, he comes up to me. He goes, uh, and this is his junior year. He goes, coach, that was like uh, I, my 100th touchdown pass. He goes, can I have the game ball? You know? First time, right? He's yeah. ever asked for yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, you can have whatever you want, Tyson. But do me a favor. Just give it to the manager to give to your dad because I don't want to draw a lot of attention to giving game balls away because they're 75 yeah, yeah. bucks a piece. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> we need that money. We have to well, save every dollar. Yeah, we can't be asking that. Yeah. man. That's so good. Yeah. Um, and then that night, his dad sent me a video of him giving that game ball to his grandfather, who's passed away, who he was really close to. Oh, geez. I'm going to cry. It's amazing. Uh, the on-the-field exploits. I mean, the, the leadership stuff, that's all off the charts. Yep. Was this guy tearing up Division Two? I, you know, Obviously, we started seeing footage, the grainy footage, and we don't even yep. know the start of it. You lived it. What was it like having him as your quarterback, and what kind of stuff did he do? Well, th- this is a story I, I like to tell his freshman year as a starter, all right? We're playing the last game of the season. We're 7-2, and two, and we end up losing the game, all right? And, you know, we're in a small stadium. You can hear people heckling you. You can hear people giving you grief, people yelling at the quarterback, you know. You know, he's taking a sack. I'm wondering why he didn't get rid of the ball. Like, what would you see? Because, Coach, I, that was on me. We couldn't run the football. Through this whole time, everybody's pointing fingers but one guy, Tyson Bajan. Mm-hmm. He is a team-first guy. He'll own everything that happens to the team and put it on his shoulders, his back. And I realized that that's the kind of guy we have to go and put the best players around them we possibly can. And that was our goal from there on out. Make sure he had the receivers that he needed, the the O-line that he needed. We tried to do everything we could do to build that team Every team we've had since his freshman year around Tyson Bajan and his strengths and what he could do. Um, and I, I thought we did a pretty good job of that. Uh, we were able to win a lot of ball games. He, he broke a lot of records, and he's done it with multiple receivers. The guy has an uncanny ability to make people around him better. Mm. We had a receiver going from his freshman year, had eight catches, to 99 catches the next year because he worked all summer with Tyson Bajan and they had a great connection together. So going, it's a 90 catch difference because Tyson believed in him and he believed in Tyson and they were on the same page. I mean, that's one, just one of many examples. He, he made, he made a lineman better. He made running backs better. He made tight ends better, wide receivers better. He made our defense better, the whole deal. And it's all a game to him, too. Like, it's a competitive – everything's a competitive game. We do a blitz pickup, right? We do, a, like, to start practice off once a week in a blitz pickup. And he just would love to do the dummy cadence. Get me in there. Yeah. He went, He put. He would go I, – I would stand, be standing right next to him. He'd go, ready, he said, hut, hut, hut. And then he would look at it and go, ah, there you are. Mike, Mike six, Mike six. And, you know, and it, it, but it was a, it, it was a challenge for him that yeah. 
every challenge he wants that he'll he'll accept. All right, so we go to the draft process. Senior Bowl is amazing. He plays well. He's with, you know, he's in front of the Bears staff. Getsy's there. All this stuff. But then the draft comes along and he goes undrafted. Was that a great disappointment? Were you guys surprised? And I'm sure you spoke to 32 NFL teams. You know what? I, I'll tell you what. I, our tackle, who's with the, on the practice squad with the Steelers, Joey Fisher. Yeah. And that after that draft happened, I mean, the, immediately after it ended, I said, if these two, either one of these two guys don't get drafted, we'll never get anybody drafted. Yeah. And that that's really how I feel. But I also understand, like, when you get to the later rounds, the sixth and seventh round, sometimes you're better being a free agent sure. because you get a chance to pick, the, you and your agent pick the best spot for you. And um, I, that's what happened. You know, I, I think we're, we're awful. We're fortunate that Tyson didn't get drafted and was able to sign that free agent deal with the Bears because he seems to be in the right place at the right time. Obviously, Lukeski, the Bears' offensive staff, knew who he was from the Senior Bowl, had confidence in him, and uh, you know, I just think he's in. I think he's in a good spot. Yeah, and to take it all full circle, in a couple of days, Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tarico are going to be saying his name and calling it. I mean, is this not surreal that 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 a year ago at this time he was playing with you guys, going up against Bloomsburg, and now he's got. You know, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and Derwin James staring down at him with Tariko and Collinsworth on the call? Well, I, I told you I got a chance to watch uh, the first half. You know, we did it as a team before we started our team meeting and um, on Sunday. And I can tell you, when I watched that game, I kept finding out where Crosby was. And I was like, because <laughs> I didn't want that dude to get a free shot on my guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, I was really impressed with the Bears. I thought they did a great job. I thought, you know, they Tyson handled his role the right way. The running game that they had, uh, the one catch that I thought it was DJ Moore had it was a ball that was kind of sailing on Tice. Um, I thought that he made a great catch. I, I was really happy for Chicago, and of course, I'm I'm a Bears fan now. So um, all in. I got. I'm all in with the Bears. So. Sorry, Ravens. It's yeah. not. It's not your year. Yeah, this is going to be a Bears fan. Yeah, and I am. A, I am a Ravens fan. Oh, so. I'm sure you are. Yeah. I'm sure you are. Uh, in closing, talk about your school, your program, and not only what Tyson has brought as far as a national spotlight goes, but some of the great stuff that you guys are doing. Because this isn't a flash in the pan. You guys are a winning franchise, winning program, and have been for years. Shepherd's a special place. We can really attract a lot of really good players to come to Shepherd because of the culture of our program. Uh, you know, I, we battled the portal and Division One offers with both Joey and Tyson. And, you know, I know it's my job to create a culture where guys don't feel they have to leave. They only can leave if it's a much better situation for them. Uh, but, I, you know, when I, when I, you know, we just had homecoming last weekend. And when you get a chance to look at all the former players that come back that you've had an opportunity to coach, you realize that we just have a really good spot here where football is important to our administration. Football is important to the local area. Uh, we get tremendous support. Like our environment for a home football game, I, the two greatest days on our campus are graduation and a home football game. And graduation is number two. So, I mean, it's a, it's an exciting day on our campus when we play at home. And um, we have a tremendous fan base. We have a unbelievable um, access to a lot of really good players within a two-and-a-half-hour radius of our campus. And, uh, you know, it's fun for me, and I think our coaches, 
to work somewhere and coach the game where it's important to a lot of people. You got Bloomsburg this weekend. Give us a little preview on the season with Peter Schrager. We're all going to be checking our phones. Give us a preview. What do they got? Who are you and who are we looking at? Well, you know what? Right now, Bloom is, uh, it, we're going to be on the road. So okay. it's, it's a tough place to go play. Uh, you know, if you were to look at the tape, if you were to look at just stats and stuff like that, you would think it's going to be an easy victory for us. It's not. Um, we're going to have to play well. Uh, we're going to have to, what I'd like to say, make the ordinary play extraordinary. You know, okay. babe, just do the little things right. The big things will take care of themselves. Handle adversity when it comes, because we're going to have some type of adversity. And just play with each other. And don't look at the scoreboard. Don't look at the clock. Just play the game and make the ordinary play. And I think we'll be just fine. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you some advice here. And this is me as a media guy and a big talking head and a New York hotshot. You guys finished that game against Bloomsburg. Coach, I don't know what money you got in the piggy bank. You got to fly out to L.A. You got to watch your boy in person Sunday night. Can we get there? There's no way because we got we got a big <laughs> one the next week and we're going to be in the office Sunday morning. Uh, but but I get my, my last night, my wife goes, she goes, well, it's, I said it's Sunday night football. It'll be on we go? Well, no, she, she we're, we're going to try and hit one when our season's over. But she was like. We should have a party. I said, we can't have a party. We work. You know? Like, there's no, we can't have a party. And she kind of says, well, I'll just invite my girlfriends over. So she, my wife is going to probably have a little watch party herself. Okay. But everybody will be excited. You know, the best thing, Tyson's brother, Ezra, is a cool freshman quarterback in our program. Really? Yeah. And okay. um, he had a great career in Martinsburg as well. And he's here with us. And I called his dad about midweek once I realized that Tyson was going to start. And yeah. I said, hey, make sure you take Ezra out there. It's got to so, see it. Yeah. Did Ezra miss the game to go or he went and did both? No, he played the game, played in the game, actually got his first college completion on Saturday. Ezra Bajan, let's Ezra go. Ezra Bajan, yeah. And then after the game, went to the airport, flew and met his parents and family in Chicago and was there with uh, Tyson and the family and friends. I love it. Yeah, they what a, they're just an awesome family, and you know what? They're easy people to root for. I promise you that one. So are you, my friend. Ernie, this was so cool. Coach Ernie McCook, Shepherd University. Um, what an amazing whirlwind this has been, and yet you sound as natural and as non-surprised as, as it could ever be. It seems like, not to get too religious with you, but it feels like this was in the stars, and you kind of saw this happening a long time ago. You know, I, I, I truly believe in the blessings of life that we have. And I, and I had a, I do a radio show on Thursday nights. And two weeks ago, it was West Virginia playing Houston. And uh, I'm sitting there. And, of course, the one guy is a West Virginia alum that does the, the radio show. Yeah. And I said, man, there's my favorite West Virginia coach of all time. And, you know, that's like sacrilegious there if it's not Don Nealon, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked at me sideways. I said, yeah, it's Dana Holgerson. Dana. I love yeah. Dana. Yeah. Yeah. And But I said, he's my favorite because he didn't offer Tyson Bajan coming out of high school. There you go. That's a great way to do it. I was yeah. like, Dana is a good coach. Yeah. Okay, go on. It's a, yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. That's a great story. Uh, you're full of them, dude. This is awesome. Ernie, thank, thank you. you. Get back to practice. Loved having you on the season with Peter Shaker. And good luck this weekend against Bloomsburg. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Ernie McCook. I mean, that's that's interesting. And when he starts talking about weightlifting logs and building your own cold tub in 2021 out of the shores of the Potomac, like this is what I'm here for, Aaron. That was 100% not what I was doing in the woods when I was in high school. I can no, guarantee you that. I'm sure. No, it was actually college, which is even crazy. Like the fact that he's in college yeah. and he's still, it's still as like, and it's nothing against a division two program. It's not Alabama. It's not Ohio state. It's like, go walk on your hands and, and challenge the trainer. This, it, I want to make it bigger than it is, maybe, because these are sophisticated programs and they're, he won the Heisman of the Division II. But like, it is really, really, really big long shot stuff when you're going from Division II undrafted to starting in the NFL and on Sunday night. So as much as we saw Mr. Irrelevant last year, Brock Purdy was a superstar in the state of Arizona and started Iowa State for four years. This guy's story is way crazier. And he won with the Bears. I mean, like, it's not yeah. just... Here's a UDFA who started a game because of injury. It's a UDFA who wound up making the team and then took them to a victory, which, I mean, you know, Josh Allen didn't take his team to a victory this week. So No, you're right. Um, sky's the limit for him. That was cool. Ernie McCook, I like him. Uh, as we were wrapping up with him, he like, it was like, here's my Twitter handle. I'm like, yeah, Ernie, let's go. Let's take the best. <laughs> we got to maximize this moment, Ern. Big Ern. <laughs> They're my official Division Two team. So Arizona is my official Division One team. Check in on Arizona. I know they took USC to the wire. Then I think they won one against Washington State. What's Arizona's record? How are we looking with Jed Fish's boys? Jed's been a great friend of the pod, and, a, and his clip went crazy viral and was a great episode. If you go back, he's a coach of Arizona. What do we got? Their overall is four and three. They're two and okay, two so in the conference. Bowl team. Who'd they play this past weekend? Or were they on the bye? This past weekend, they played Washington State. And they won? 44 to 6. They won or they lost? They won. They won. Yes. Yeah. I think after, it was two after weeks USC, ago. Was it two weeks ago? The four, yeah, that's, they didn't do anything this weekend. They though. bought. Yeah. All right. So who do they got this weekend? Uh, Oregon State. They any good? Click on Oregon, Oregon State. Oregon State Beavers are 6 and 1. They're the 11th ranked team. So uh, Arizona is currently a one score underdog versus Oregon State. So here's our viewing. Okay, you ready for this? You and I are going to stream Bloomsburg Shepherd in the early afternoon. We're going to get in on it. We're going to root for Coach McCook. We're going to get some Ezra Bajant fantasy numbers up and going. And then I assume Oregon State, Arizona is one of these late night affairs. Yeah, we, we have plenty of time. The Bloomsburg <laughs> game is at noon and uh, Oregon State, Arizona is at 1030 p.m. on okay. Saturday. So, I mean, that's it. We're tailgating. <laughs> we're getting after it. We're, I'm sure there's other stuff in between. Um, but the big ones for us, we're going to bookend it with Bloomsburg versus Shepard. I'm going with Shepard. Shepard big because Coach said, you know, on paper, we're gonna, it looks like we're going to kick their butts. But no, no, that means you're going to kick their ass. We're going to take Shepard. And I got Arizona upsetting Oregon State late at night. What's it on, ESPN or Pac-12 Network? What do we got? Does it say that in network? Pac-12 Network. Pac-12. Pac-12. Uh, did you see the, the clip that was going viral of the CW game that UNC was playing Virginia? Did you see that or no? So UNC is playing Virginia on the CW and, you know, they do the in-game um, promos and all that. So the announcer, the the play-by-play guy, very seriously, is like, all right, and it's 14-7 Virginia. 
are you watching the show F-Boy Island? <laughs> and I think James Bates is the color guy who I know. And James is like, uh-huh. And he's like, well, everyone else is F-Boy Island on the CW. You can't make it up. Uh, all right. Time for our Uber Eats segment. They are our sponsors. The season with Peter Schrager is delivering results presented by Uber Eats. And I'm going to tell you who I think delivered results last week. And that is Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson had his best game as a pro this season. Uh, he was unbelievable. He was calm in the pocket, and he looked like an MVP candidate. What the Ravens did to the Lions completely shifted the narrative, and not only the AFC, but the NFC as well. We were riding a bandwagon, and we were all up on board of uh, what Detroit was doing. That has suddenly come to a halt and maybe uh, a derailment based on what exactly Baltimore did to them. And a lot of it is what Lamar is doing in Todd Munkin's offense. The week before, a lot of drops by his receivers this week. Mark Andrews showed out on National Tight Ends Day. Aguilar was all over the field. Bateman was making big plays. Zay Flowers, of course, was everywhere. And you love to see Odell Beckham a part of the offense. Uh, so kudos to Lamar. Let's see if the Ravens can keep it going. That was delivering results presented by Uber Eats, where you can get almost, almost anything. It's the official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL. You can order now. Scheduling reminder, Aaron... Juan Kaufman, we've got Jeopardy Wednesday night. It's at 8 p.m. Eastern. I want everyone to watch. I want everybody to tweet. I want everybody to cheer me or my opponents on. Just just put up the eyeballs. Let's go. And please, if you enjoyed this podcast, many thanks to Coach Ernie McCook. Tell your friends about it. Let's keep it rolling. It's the only podcast in sports media that goes from Pat Studstill to Ken Jennings to Ernie McCook to Lamar Jackson at the very, very end. Uh, Aaron Juan Kaufman, thank you for joining. Jason English in the house, as always, from iHeart and the NFL Network folks on the West Coast. We appreciate all the support. Let's keep this thing rocking. The goal is to become the number one sports podcast. The secondary goal is to become the number one NFL podcast. The third goal is to get a trip to the Super Bowl for everyone so that we can do a live show. We're working on it. Uber Eats, if you're listening, please, we'll take whatever you got. Always, almost, almost anything you got. All right, guys. Until next week, uh, this is The Season with Peter Schrager. <laughs> you like that one? Oh, God. Good. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.